the, the uh, story this morning, the Bible says uh, in, in Luke chapter number one, is, or is it, yeah, uh, the Bible says, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to how many people? All people. Now, you know, when, when you think about this, and we're going to look all month long at various aspects of the Christmas story, as we call that, all the things that go along with it. And, and really, you, you, you know, many times I know as a family with our children when, we, when they were younger and they were still at the house, we on Christmas Day, we would, we would all get our Bibles and we would all get around the tree and we would read what we call the Christmas story. But somebody said years ago, and I think it's true, there's, there's a scarlet thread that runs through the entire Bible. Uh, you really can find stuff that, that, would, that would fit right in with the Christmas story all through the Old Testament and the New Testament. And many times we focus on like this particular passage, maybe a few others. But uh, I, when I think about this particular passage and some of the aspects that go along with it, I think that, uh, as somebody told me years ago that helped me, they said, you know, in life, we're known by our actions and we're known by our reactions. And they said, out of those two, the one that people really know us best by is by our reactions, the way we react to things. And I got to thinking about that when it comes to the Christmas story and those that God included in his word that he mentioned and not all of them by name, but how they reacted to the news. And that's, that's what brought me to this thought this morning, because we live in a, a day, a, I guess you want to call it a high-tech day we live in, and there's so many new languages. Uh, how many of you know uh, what the minions are? Yeah, if you have little kids or grandkids, those little yellow things, I don't even know what they're shaped like, pills? I, I don't know, yeah. And, and, and I have no idea what language they speak. Uh, I was watching with my grandkids. I couldn't figure out anything they were saying. And, and it was funny because the people on the actual movie or show or whatever it was, they couldn't figure out what they were saying either. And, and when you think about emojis, as somebody described it, it is a new language that has emerged. It's a way of communication. Uh, you know, you, you could see some of them, and there's, I, I have no idea how many there are, but it, this new language, it, emojis are a millennial messaging fad. That's what they are. Uh, they, they are a visual emotion representation. <laughs> Instead of saying something, people just pick one of these faces. And, of course, a lot of times... How many of you, I'm going to date myself, how many of you remember the mood ring? A couple of you remember that? You put that crazy thing on and it would turn colors depending on, well, supposedly it did. And a lot of people, they put it on and it turned black. <laughs> and, and, you know, that supposedly it went along with your, with your moods or your emotions. But people think about their emotions and, and sometimes instead of saying it, what they do is, They'll go on their, their phone or their smart device or whatever it is, and they'll pick one of these faces, and they'll put that face on and send it to somebody else that basically describes how they're feeling. I hope you're, 
your, yours is, has a smile. I hope you have a smiling emoji today. Or maybe you have one that uh, a lot of times when I send, if I send one to my wife, instead of typing out a whole bunch, it's the one where it's like you're blowing a kiss to them, you know? And, and uh, they, they've just got so many things that, that you could pick from. But people think about that, and they, they send the, this emoji that matches their emotions, and it represents maybe something that, they, that they're thinking or somehow that they felt, and that's what this is all about. It represents uh, something about their life. Well, when I think about reacting to things, a lot of times I think one of the funniest things is whenever it comes to uh, when it comes to births, you know, you, you find out that you're going to have a child or you find out that someone is expecting or when the baby is actually delivered, you see just all kinds of a variety of, of reactions to, to these births, how people react. Some people get very excited. Some people begin to cry. Emotions are spilled out. Look what it says here. This always got me in Genesis chapter 18 there. Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? <laughs> I mean, for her, it was, you got to be kidding me, you know? I don't know which emoji Sarah would have chosen if there would have been some back then. Uh, but, but again, you see, there's there's all kinds of reactions whenever it comes to a, a birth or a birth announcement. And the same was true when the announcement came for the birth of God's own dear son. You think about, you go through the Old Testament, you find all kinds of evidence in the Old Testament that God would send a Savior, that God would send a Deliverer. And then, of course, you, you fast forward to the New Testament and you see where God did send His Son, and you see, and we'll look at this morning, just, just a little snapshot of how some of those people reacted. And, and listen, a lot of their reactions were long before emojis came on the scene. So as we begin the Christmas season, I think it's a good reflection this morning for us to reflect on some of those individuals and how they reacted. And then maybe you ought to think to yourself, because listen, I've been saved for 35 years, and the birth of Christ cannot just become yesterday's news. It has to be fresh. Uh, this is something that every year and every day of our lives we celebrate. Why? Because the world needs to know Jesus. They need to know God's dear son. So notice as we look at some of these individuals today and their reactions, first of all, some of the people in the Christmas story and the word of God, some were disturbed. Now, to be disturbed means... To, be, that, to have their peace and quiet interrupted. Uh, you know, sometimes it's like that. My wife and I, we, our oldest daughter and her husband and four of our grandkids uh, came uh, to visit us. That They'll be here this morning. And, you know, we love our children and we love our grandchildren. But boy, our house, the, the, the decibel level in our house went way up, you know, with four little ones. Brother Flynn said he had... 14 in his house for Thanksgiving, and he's got less hair on his head today than he did last time I saw him. You know, it, 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 and a lot of times, Brother Flynn, we love them when they're there, but when, when they leave, you're like, oh. you know, it's just peace and quiet, you know. 
And, and, and so the, the same was true in the Word of God was that, that there was a kind of a quietness or a calm. But notice what it says in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 2 and 3. The Bible says, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. So notice here how the news about God sending his son, that for Herod, notice first of all, Herod was troubled. Why? Because Herod thought that he was the king of the Jews. And yet he hears this news where, where the wise men come and they ask, where is he? And Herod's standing there going, I'm right here. And they're like, no, 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 no. The one that we've always heard about, the one that has been prophesied about, where is he that is born king of the Jews? Now notice again what the wise men asked. They said the one that is born king of the Jews. And when you think about that, it's true that a person generally is not born a king. When you think about this, the, the, if, if it's a boy and he is born, and he's the son of a king, he's not called the king. What is he called? He's called a prince. So when you, when you look at this, the son of a king is a prince, but Jesus was born king. Why? Because he was the son of God. Look what it says in Micah 5 and verse 2. Look at, see if you notice this. We use this verse a lot at Christmas time. The Bible says, but thou Bethlehem Ephratah, <clears throat> though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, Yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, look at these words, to be, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. So we find here that Jesus was born, he was born the king of the Jews. Psalm 110 verse 1, the Lord said unto my Lord, listen to this, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. By the way, there's also New Testament verses that parallel that very uh, verse there in Psalm 110. So the, the Bible says that when the news came, the reactions for some, they were disturbed. Herod was certainly disturbed because he thought, hey, I'm in charge. I'm number one. I'm numero uno. Who are you talking about? I am king. But they said, no, 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 the one that was born king of the Jews. But interesting, if you look at Matthew 2 and verse 3 again, it says, when Herod had heard these things, he was troubled. And then notice, secondly, and all Jerusalem with him. See, Jerusalem was troubled. Now, it's easy for us to understand Herod's reaction. I think that's pretty easy. But think about this, the concern of Jerusalem, all of Israel, they were troubled. I mean, certainly you read and study the Bible enough, <clears throat> we all understand this, that, that Israel, the people of God, they were troubled because they were being oppressed, they were being ruled many times by people that were not godly rulers, and certainly they were tired of the oppression, and when Jesus comes along, the Bible says that he is the king of the Jews. 
Now, if he is going to be their king, then here's what that means for them as a people. By the way, holds true for us today too, is that they needed to comply with all of his demands. The same is true for us. If the Lord is the Lord of your life, then whatever he commands us, whatever his demands are, we should be willing to do whatever it is he asks of us. We need to be willing to completely surrender to him. I, I read this is, this is a true account, but there was a, a man and he was kind of struggling with this in his life. And, and uh, he, he spent a, a long time with the Lord and he was, he was trying to surrender in every area of his life. He, he really wanted to. And so he got this idea as a visible expression of his yieldedness. He took out a piece of paper one day and he wrote all the things he was willing to do for God. And when he finished, he signed his name at the bottom of that piece of paper. He went into a church that was empty at the time and he laid it at the altar of that church. And as he left there, he, in his heart, he kind of expected that this act of his would bring him peace. But he found that no sooner he got out the doors of the church and it did not give him the peace that he wanted in his heart. So he thought a little bit about that and he went back and he wrote an even longer list and he added many other things that he would do for the Lord and he did the same thing. He signed his name at the bottom of that piece of paper and he same thing, he went into the church again and he laid that piece of paper on the altar and once again as he left the church, he realized that he had failed again to feel the peace that he desired in his heart. And so then he, he thought, well, you know, maybe I should ask the Lord. That's, that's a pretty good thing to do. So he, he began to pray and he asked God, Lord, what, what should I do? I just want to have peace in my heart. And as he was praying, it seemed that the Lord was saying to him, I want you to take a blank piece of paper and I want you to sign your name at the bottom and put it at the altar. I want you to see that that's what God wants all of us to do. God says, don't, don't write out a bunch of stuff. Don't tell me what you want to do. Just give me free reign to do whatever I want in your life. Total surrender. And when you think about the birth of Christ, look, for some people it can be disturbing. Why? Because life is about them. But you know what Christmas is about? Christmas is about Jesus. The Christian life is about Jesus. And all of us should be willing to just take a blank piece of paper and write on it our name and say, God, whatever you want me to do, you fill out the piece of paper. And I'll tell you this, in my own life, I've known it to be true. God has done that. See, Christmas doesn't have to be a time that we are disturbed by the birth of Christ. But there were other people in the Christmas story. Not only were there some disturbed because their peace and quiet was interrupted and they were troubled, but notice, secondly, some were distressed. Now, to be distressed means that they were alarmed at the news. They were worried about what they had heard. They, they became, maybe in a way, stressed or strained. You know, Christmas time does, shouldn't be a time like that. Somebody asked yesterday, they were telling me about some, somebody at the mall. 
and, and asked if I had seen the, the, this thing at the mall. And I, and I looked at him and I go, I don't go to the mall at Christmas. <laughs> I avoid it like the plague. <laughs> I mean, there's just too much, you know, the words I hear, hustling and bustling, you know, people bumping into, Brother Chris ran over last week, uh, he went over to Walmart right here behind the church just to make a, a quick, it was going to go over, grab a few things we needed for decorations. He said, I got out of my truck and he said, I heard this noise. I turned around and there were two women going at it physically over a parking spot. And it was, it's, I mean, it wasn't even December yet. You know, people, people talk, you know why they call it Black Friday? Because people get black eyes on Black Friday. My wife and I, years ago, I, I guess they went out of business. Toys R Us? Are they coming back? And, 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 and so we, we never, and if you are, that's fine. We never were those parents that, you know, I don't know who it is that comes up with the list of, of the, the hot toys at Christmas every year. I don't know who comes up with that list. And, uh, and, and we've never been given over to that. But, but one year we decided it was some kind of little handheld Nintendo something. I don't know what it was. We decided we were going to go get a couple for our kids. And, and we went to a Toys R Us. And I have never seen people climbing shells like I did when we were in there. People fighting and on the floor. And I thought, this will never happen again. And it hasn't. I'm like, you know, somebody else can have it. I'm not going to have it. But people get all stressed out whenever it comes to Christmas time. And, and you know, it's kind of interesting when you, when you look at the story, because one of those people is Mary. You say, Mary? Well, look what the Bible says. Mary says unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Now, you all know the context, right? Mary's like... I, it's, I can't have a child. I haven't been with a man. But does not the Bible say all things are possible with God? It, God can do anything. And, and we see here that Mary didn't quite, by the way, Mary isn't the only one in the Bible <coughs> outside of the Christmas story. Remember Jesus dealing with, uh, with, with one of the Pharisees by the name of Nicodemus? And he told Nicodemus, he said, ye must be born again. And Nicodemus said, well, can a man enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus was trying to help. See, many times we look at things naturally when we have to understand we have a supernatural God. God, God wants, like he did at Christmas time, God wants to do something miraculous in, in our lives but sometimes when we hear the news, we get distressed about it. Here's another group that was distressed when they heard the news was the shepherds. Look at Luke 2, verse 8. There were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. They're just doing their job. And the Bible says, Lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. See, when people hear about God, and it's the same still today, when people hear about God, 
they begin to wonder. There's a lot of people still that are trying to figure out who God is. They just don't know if they really believe in God. Life magazine did a study uh, uh, quite a few years ago, and they found that there were very few, when they did this study, and this wasn't a religious study, but Life magazine, in their findings, they said that there were very few atheists and very few agnostics when they, when they put all their data together, they said, we found that these people that claim to be atheists and claim to be agnostic, they did not deny the existence of God. They just wondered about it. They wondered about the existence of God. It's sad that many people, even in our area today and around the world, many people will go into the doors of a church house today and they will learn very little about the Lord or about his existence. That's sad. We're talking church house, God's house. People should be able to come into church and learn about God. Listen, next hour, uh, the message this morning is a little different than I normally preach on Sunday mornings, but I can tell you this, it's all Bible and it's all true. And you're going to learn about the Lord. You're going to learn about his existence. We don't have to understand everything. Mary didn't understand everything that was going on. And many times others in the Bible and we who are alive today, we don't understand everything about God, but we don't have to. But I'll tell you this, we have, we have hope in the fact that the birth of God's son, Jesus, was it not for the good of the whole world? I mean, you think about it, where would we be without Jesus? I'll tell you where we'd be, we'd be lost. We'd still be in our sins, but the Bible tells us that God is working all things together for good. That includes the birth of his son. There was a purpose. God had a plan, and yet some were distressed about it when they heard the news. Mary, certainly, she didn't understand how that, that was possible. The shepherds who were just doing uh, what shepherds do, and then the angel came, and the angel says to them, hey, look, fear not. He says, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. But see, some people were distressed, and some were disturbed. Notice, I like this, number three, some during the Christmas story were disciplined. When they heard the news, even though it was different maybe than uh, what others, uh, you know, some people were distressed about it, some people were disturbed about it, there were some that this was just familiar to them. They were, it, was, it wasn't something that caught them by surprise. They were expecting this. Look at Matthew 2 and verse number 11. It gives you a, a good snapshot here of what I'm talking about. And the Bible says, When they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. I love that word worship. Certainly, I hope as you come today that you came to worship the Lord. I think worship many times, especially in the day we're living in because of some of the newer uh, things that churches are doing nowadays, I think the word has lost its, its meaning. I, even in some fundamental circles, I think the word worship has almost kind of become a bad word. We equate worship with 
maybe some silent sanctuaries and songs that sound maybe like a funeral service. That's not worship, that's formalism. When you study the Word of God, the, the word worship is actually a neat word. It, it, it's two words that have been brought together. It's actually the word worth and ship. When you put them together, the one means kiss, and the other one means toward. So when you put them together, kiss toward. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? When you put them together, it simply means to direct our affection or our love towards God. How many of you think you ought, to, you ought to show God how much you love Him? You ought to tell God how much you love Him. You know, listen, I don't have no problem telling my wife I love her. But you know, after, after 35 years, sometimes I'll say to her, I love you. And then after I say it, I'll, it'll, my thought in my mind is, did that just sound like just words? You know, I, I don't want to just say words. And so sometimes I'll say to her, I'll look at her again, and I'll say, I love you. Sometimes I'll say to her, I love you more than you love me. You know, and then we get into this discussion, she always wins. But when's the last time you told the Lord you loved him? You kiss toward him. You show your affection. God, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know, let's live John 3.16. I love how some were disciplined. They were directing their affection towards God. Look at Psalm 29. I love these two verses. Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Give unto the Lord. You know, listen, every day fall in love with God over and over again. Let it become normal in your life. Be disciplined. It should just, just like me telling my wife, I love you. Every day I should say, Lord, I love you. Many of my days I wake up and I wish I could say it was this way all the time, but a lot of my mornings, I, when I just get up and get going, I'll, I'll, I'll express my love and thanks to God for the, a new day. You know, Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. And I, I love these wise men here in Matthew 2, how they came to Jesus. And here they are, wise men. And many believe that they were not only wealthy men, but they were prominent men in their days. And you know, a lot of times when you have wealth and prominence, it goes to your head. But here's these men of, of great prominence, and they come to Jesus, and what did they do? They bowed down to him. They worshiped him. They gave him gifts. Now, think about this. Jesus was a baby. I mean, it's, it's not normal to pay homage to a baby. But it was to this baby because this baby was the Son of God. You know, they understood that. See, it's only right that we who know Him, that we give Him our hearts and we give Him our lives and we give Him our all. Those are things, the Bible says that that is our reasonable service that we present our bodies, a living sacrifice. 
It's holy. It's acceptable unto God. See, for some, I love this. Yeah, there were some that were distressed at the Christmas story, at hearing the news. And there were some that, that, were, that were disturbed by the news. But I love the fact that there were some that they were disciplined, that, that listen, it might have been a baby, but it was the Son of God. And they came and they paid their respects. They worshipped him. Hey, listen, today, let's come together as the people of God and worship him. Notice a fourth group of people I see, and I'll call these people those that were dumbfounded. Now, the word dumbfounded, you can probably pretty well figure it out. It means they were speechless because they were amazed. They didn't know what to say. They were astonished by the news. You know, you have to understand as a Jew that if you live for those thousands of years, you know, it's kind of like, well, we've been hearing that God was going to send a Savior, but we've heard it so much that we just don't know if it's true. It's kind of like Peter and John and others, their writings in the Bible, they wrote, and as they wrote God's words, you can tell that Peter and John and others, they believed in the imminent return of Jesus Christ. They believed that the Lord would return in their day. I hope you believe that the Lord will return in our day because he could come back today. Listen, just because we've been talking about it, and the Word of God has told us that the Lord is going to come back for his own. Look, folks, we have to understand how important it is that we, we are amazed when we hear that the same news, news like Mary heard in her day. Look in Luke chapter 2 and verse 19 in your notes. Look at these words. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She kept them and she pondered them where? In her heart. Now, there's no doubt, you have to know, look at me, that if out of all the women God could have chosen, he chose Mary. That means that there was something special about Mary. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us that we ought to worship Mary. We don't put Mary or anyone else up on some pedestal. We worship God. But I will tell you this, I am thankful and grateful that Mary had kept herself pure and in a place that God could use her life. And the Bible says that it was this Mary that kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. The word kept, look at this, it, it, and I wish I could give you that maybe some of you that, that maybe like language a little bit more, it means to keep on keeping together all these things about Jesus. I don't know how long you've been saved, but what happens is, is salvation is the miracle of a moment. For me, I got saved on January 22nd, 1984. But every day of my life, I keep thinking about how God saved me and he is keeping me saved. And the Bible says that this was 
this news that Mary heard about the birth of God's own dear son, it wasn't that she heard it and it was gone. She heard the news and she kept it. She kept on keeping all those things together about Jesus. Now, the other word there is the word pondered. Look at the word there. I may have given you the definition. It means to weigh, to keep, and I think I, I misspelled it. It should say revolve. Does it say resolve? It should say revolve. Here's the illustration. You ever been to one of those hotels or maybe a department store, and they have a regular door, but in, right next to it, they have one of those doors that revolves, and you go inside that thing, and every time I'm with kids, they never come out. They just keep going around and around and around, and you're like standing out there going, come on, you know, and, and they're just having a ball, and that, that's, that's what it means to ponder. She just, everything about Jesus, she kept it all together. She kept keeping it all together, and she got in one of those doors, and she just kept going around and around and around thinking about Jesus, and that's why some of you ought to do this Christmas season is just keep thinking about all the things that God did when he sent his son. But see, some of us, we just, we're, just, we're just okay by just going in the door. Okay, it's Christmas. No, I want to get in the revolving door. I want to just keep thinking about all the things about Jesus. The Bible says that Mary kept these things and she pondered them. <clears throat> There's just something about mothers. They, they remember everything about their kids. I mean, I was walking with my wife last night and she was telling me stuff that her and my daughters were talking about. And to be honest with you, some of the stuff she was saying, I couldn't remember it. You know, my, my, my youngest daughter, she was doing some, some of the, my daughters and, and even my, she said uh, she was going to cut my granddaughter's hair. Well, cutting their hair means she snipped off about a quarter of an inch at the bottom. And, and I, said to, I said to my daughter, I said, you know, your mom still has from when you got your first haircut in a baggie. Now, us men, we don't do stuff like that. But mothers remember everything. Now, listen, that's, if I can use these terms, that's just our normal children. This was God's son. I guarantee you, Mary remembered everything. And the Bible says she pondered this. Look at Luke 2.51, and he went down. This is this, as he got a little bit older, he went down with them, with Mary and Joseph, and he came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. And here it is again. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. That means even a couple years later, I have to believe that when Jesus was hanging on the cross, Mary still had things in her heart that she had kept there. My, my uh, parents sold their house last year or year before last, and there were, there were things, you know, you go, into, you go into somebody's house that they've lived there for years. And I started going through some of the things at my mom and dad's house that my mom had kept. My mom had things that when I was a little kid, I was like, wow, I can't believe my mom still has that. And that's what the Bible says. Mary 
Mary never got away from the fact that she gave birth to the Son of God. She thought about who Jesus was and <clears throat> everything about Jesus was treasured up in her heart and in her mind. And listen, should it not be true for us too that everything about God should be treasured up in our hearts and in our minds? Look what it says in Psalm 77. I love these couple verses here. And I said, this is my infirmity, but I will <clears throat> remember. He says, even though I'm going through something, even though I've got something in my life, he says, I will remember the years of the right hand of, my, of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. You see, we should never get tired of telling other people about what God's done for us, what Jesus means to us. And I love here how even though Mary and others were amazed and even speechless at times, <clears throat> that even though there was no words coming out of her mouth, it was in her heart. She never let it get away from her. And then look at the last part, and I think this is true about the Christmas story, but it should be true about us too, is there were some in the Christmas story that were determined. And why were they determined? Because they saw, they heard, they knew what had happened, and they were not going to be silenced. They were going to tell everybody the good news. Now, you know what we call the good news? It's called the gospel. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says in Luke 2.20, the shepherds returned. Look at these words. As the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Hey, you know, one of the Christmas songs that we sing this time of the year is, Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. That's what we ought to do. Everywhere we go, everyone we come into contact with, tell them what God has done by sending his son. Uh, John wrote in 1 John 4, 9, in this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. How many of you are alive spiritually today? Yeah, because of God sending his son. See, all of God's people should spread the gospel to everyone that we come into contact with. Psalm 96.3, declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all people. We use that verse for our missions conference. And the same is true today. Everywhere we go, we should tell people about the Lord. And I love, of course, what Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. But you know what got me about? I love the names that, that Isaiah writes there about our God. But what gets me personally, look at the verse again. For unto us, unto us, a child is born. Unto us a son is given you see that 
I, I really believe that if I would have been the only one, Jesus still would have came. He loves everyone. And we see this morning how there are so many different reactions to the news of the birth of Jesus. And I wonder, how's your reaction today? What would be the emoji that you would choose to describe your reaction? I don't know if it's on there. Yeah, see that one in the middle column there with the two hearts on the eyes? Remember, we should love the Lord, worship Him, kiss toward, thank God for His unspeakable gift, His Son, Jesus Christ. See, Christmas is a wonderful time. Brother Joe? Amen. Great thought. Great thought. And I'll tell you that to me, that means a lot knowing because when, when I kiss her, it's one thing, but when I receive it back, and like Joe said, when we know, and by the way, whether, whether we do it or not, we know this, God loves us. His love is unconditional. And remember the Bible says he loved us before we ever loved him. But now there's a relationship and that's what Joe's talking about. Lord bless you during this Christmas season. Listen, I hope something this morning, not an emoji, but I hope something this morning maybe stirred your heart as we go into the month of, of December. Listen, if you, if you are brave and want to venture into the mall, then think about this message this morning because I'll tell you this, you're going to run into people that are disturbed and distressed. And maybe you could share the love of God with them. And I'll tell you what, it'll make all the difference in their lives. Lord bless you.